Welcome to the Raw Talk Podcast, where we bring you unfiltered conversations about life, work, and everything that matters. I'm your host, Melissa, known for my loud voice and passion for spreading the word of connection, love, and support to all. On this podcast, we feature guests from all walks of life who share their stories and wisdom with us all. Whether you're looking for inspiration, motivation, or just some honest insight, you're in the right place. Each episode is designed to be short and efficient, giving you the perfect opportunity to take a break from your busy day and learn something new. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some raw talk with me. I'm super excited you're here. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Raw Talk Podcast. We have an exciting guest today, Dave, the CEO from Grip. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be your first guest. (laughs) I was so excited for you to come on because when I first met you and your story, it's just so so random. It's not nothing short of a wild one. You know, you mentioned you started off playing classical violin to, you know, you know, performing in a punk rock band, you know, with some in front of thousands of people to grilled cheese entrepreneur to hot sauce creator to now a CEO of a six figure ad company. You know, it's definitely an interesting story what can i say i like to keep people guessing <laughs> but so you know, one of the biggest questions i wanted to start off is you know creating where you are now what how did you how did you start like besides you know being a violinist like i don't even know if that was a, some if i was a business owner i would be like where did that where how did this happen like where did you start what was your drive yeah, well, like you said, I was trained really intensively as a kid as a classical violinist. So I was like, my life was really cast in creativity. It's always been a huge part of, of me as a, as a human. And, um, you know, I, I got to the age of 16, 17 and started to, start to discover all those things, which um, which you do at that age, which uh, allow you to rebel and go and do things which are a little bit out of the ordinary. So I chose to join a series of bands and it wound up with me playing the band uh, based in London. And we toured all over the um, all over Europe, um, all, you know, as far east as Ukraine and all of the world, really. And um, that was just an amazing experience. And like, obviously, the full on rock and roll experience that you might imagine um, playing in front of thousands of people on stage is just like pure creativity and, and performance, you know. Uh, when that inevitably all came crashing down, like many bands do, I kind of found myself at a crossroads, no idea what to do. And I wound up taking a turn. I don't know whether it was a wrong turn, but it was, it was a turn into uh, a corporate job and something which was probably the absolute antithesis of creativity. So I started working at IT and, um, and I worked my way up pretty fast. Like I'm a pretty dedicated person. So, you know, I really dove in with both feet and managed to, to get promoted pretty rapidly. Got sent all over the world. I was getting put up, put up in five-star hotels everywhere from Dubai to Australia, to the US, to all over Europe. And, um, but what was really missing was, was that creativity. I found that there was kind of a hole in my soul. Like I wasn't able to express this creativity, which had been a huge part of my life for like my entire life really. So I found myself like kind of epiphany moments sat on a beach on the east coast of australia at 11 o'clock in the morning with an empty bottle of whiskey in one hand and an empty pack of cigarettes in the other hand thinking ah oh, this isn't working like i need to yeah. change something right just crashing you know like exactly. goal. even you expressing that story it brought me right back we brought me to australia with you because again i couldn't even imagine you know going from that high into it not saying any disrespect anyone that works in it to give people the high but you know not from where where your story led you right but that's it. And I think for some people, that's fine. That's great. But I think, you know, people who have that creative edge in their soul, like, you know, it's, it, you really have to express that in some way, shape or form. And that's something which I just wasn't doing. So I decided at that moment, okay, like if I need, if I want drastic changes in my life, I need to do drastic things. So I quit booze, so I quit cigarettes, 
I quit my job, I quit everything. I just decided, right, I'm going to dive in with both feet. It seems to be a trend, a trend of my life. And uh, I can start, um, just start businesses. So I kind of knew that he was going to take me a certain amount of time. Like, you know, I've been to a bunch of startup events before making this big dive anyway. And, uh, you know, people were saying, hey, listen, it's going to take you a year. Some people were saying it's going to take you five years. Some people were even saying you might do a Colonel Sanders, it might take you 50, you know. But at the end of the day, like the sooner you get started, the sooner you're going to figure it out. So I just dove with both feet. And um, at that point, I kind of decided, okay, I want to take advantage of this subscription revenue thing. Like there was a, um, uh, there was a lot of interest around subscription at that time because I mean, subscription revenue, as you know, is like the holy of revenue. It's like, it's money that just keeps coming in month after month after month. Some of the biggest businesses in the world are based on that principle. So like, like Netflix and those kind of businesses. So I knew I wanted to take advantage of that. And, um, and I kind of had a, a personal interest in hot sauce. So it was like something which I thought was, I, I could, you know, express a lot of creativity around. So. I dove in and just started a hot sauce subscription box. Like dove in as as far with the, with both feet as you could possibly imagine. Started shipping boxes from China. Um, I bought in like eight eight other businesses that year. Just completely, like, in all honesty, kind of overshot. But I kind of thought I had this thing going around that you know millionaires have seven different streams of income. So I thought, okay, well I'll just start seven businesses. Wasn't yeah. exactly that decision. <laughs> but um, not like you at all. This is not like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but yeah, eventually like one of those that, the, I mean, that took off. I actually managed to sell that business within a year. And, um, and then shortly after that, I started another one, like based on, I was just going around the internet. I had no idea what I was doing. No idea about marketing, no idea about advertising, really like absolutely no idea. You can't even begin to imagine how, how like wet behind the ears I was. So yeah. I started looking, okay, like how can I get people's attention? Cause it, it was hard to get attention, right? It's hard to get traffic and customers. Oh. So what can I do to get people's attention with a product? So I started looking at what people were sharing, what people, what was getting attention from the internet, see if we could craft an idea out of that. So the first thing was uh, subscription boxes. So Dollar Shave Club had just sold for a billion dollars with a B after I think like a year or so of being in business. So there was a lot of PR attention around that. Um, unusual combinations, unusual things, really I drive conversation online, which on social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram, when there's more conversation, then it gets more attention, right? So it, the algorithm gives those posts those things with more conversation gives them more attention because it deems irrelevant so i knew that we, we needed to do something which would drive conversation and diverge opinion and then the third thing so we knew we wanted to do something in food was melted cheese like of all food posts melted cheese is always the one that gets the most attention and most shared so this kind of weird born out of the, the weirdest research i've ever done in my life um this product we came up with was a grilled cheese sandwich subscription box or a cheese toasty subscription box called cheese posties and we literally before we'd even launched a pre-pre-launch campaign we got featured the next day after we announced it. Like, I was nobody. I was nobody at all. I just put my Twitter, we're going to launch this thing. And the next day, we're in a tabloid newspaper. And the week after that, we're in every tabloid newspaper, oh. American TV and all sorts of things. So, What did you post? What did you tweet? Just green cheese or something? And I go, I know that. I, I'd follow. Like, what did you oh, so it was a It was a pre-pre-launch campaign. And the, the platform doesn't exist anymore because the way um, uh, it, it, it's no longer compliant with the way social media platforms work. But this was a um, a pre-pre-launch campaign. So we were doing a Kickstarter. I already figured out by that point that Kickstarters only get attention and only work if you get a significant amount of attention up front, so a significant amount of pledges up front. So we were going to do this pre-pre-launch campaign, which got everyone excited. So we got loads of pledges on day one, which would actually get us ranked in Kickstarter. So we did this pre-pre-launch campaign. Literally, we just like mocked this up as a fake product. We didn't even have a product. We didn't have anything at all. Mocked it up and said, made it a kind of quirky video and then shared this online on Twitter and with a few, few friends and um and suddenly out of nowhere I think we 
I'm fairly confident we got the attention of one journalist who is relatively low level, but very well connected. And the way journalism over PR works is often the bigger publications look to smaller publications for what to publish and things tend to trickle up. So, so we just kind of struck lucky with a, with a few things right there. And, um, and obviously we got an idea that worked because from that point on, we got waves of virality every single week and every single month, um, for the whole time we were running that business. That is so interesting. It's just so funny. You know, you just never know what will come if you put yourself out there, right? Like, what are the odds that you just didn't even have the product? You just kind of, you had the belief in yourself and what you could accomplish, right? And it, it stems from like, that's just, that's an awesome story. But then what happened? Like, how did you, you know, when it didn't work out, what did, like, how did you get through it? Like, what did you do after? You know, were you disappointed? Were you, did you think that this was going to be your only, like, this was going to be your, your life? Yeah, well, this this was, I, I didn't know where I was going to go, to be completely honest with you. But one thing that the reason that we didn't carry on with that business is as, as much as we never had an issue getting customers, it was an absolute logistical nightmare. So it was insane. We had like 52 different individual components. We used to have a co-packer, but then they got liquidated. They they basically went out of business and we had to start doing it ourselves. And, and to be completely honest, like we did a pretty good job of it. We were sending thousands of these things every single week with like yeah. a team of five people. But it was just such a headache and there were so many things we were up against like for example we would send all of these through in the uk it's a relatively compact um geographical uh, land area right so um you can post something and it arrives the next day so you can post something frozen 24 hours later or less then it arrives and it's defrosted and it's ready to use however if something one thing goes wrong and one parcel gets slightly wrongly redirected then it arrives like a week later and it's black and somebody posts it's Twitter, it's like and it throws over the north right so oh, there's no. a Exactly. Yeah, this happened to us a few times, and it's like we couldn't contend with those kind of things. You know, and as we scale, these were problems that we're going to scale with us. So, yeah. and so many other things. We at this point, I'd kind of figured out. Okay, these same principles of creating viral type content and combining it with paid advertising, which at this point I'd started to do. I'd realized that if I combined these kind of viral ideas, viral organic content with paid, it was kind of like rocket fuel on what would go organically viral. We could we and we could target it specifically to customers that we knew would actually turn into customers. So rather than just getting eyes, we would actually target it specifically to people who would actually buy as well and get better and better and better. So so we did this, we never had an issue getting customers at all. And I'd found that actually I could take these same principles and apply them to other businesses, which when it was the nightmare that I didn't have to deal with the, the logistics of. And um, I really rocket, rocket ship them as well. So that's when we started to really get attention and um, do this for some other, you know, really huge businesses. And I uh, really took over there and that was, that's the foundation really of what uh what creates a grip today yeah it's funny i was saying uh two things to that to add to that you know people are so quick to send hateful tw tweets when you know you know one bad tweet always happens and then no one really takes the time to do positive ones so that's a shame um and it's funny like how you mentioned i was talking to a friend of mine about how random life is but it all comes to everything you do and put your energy and passion into does eventually come to where like what you want what you're meant to do and that you're meant to find to get grip going but you wouldn't probably have had grip going if you didn't do the cheese you know the grilled cheese company or the hot sauce or playing those bands right but you just don't realize it in the moment that you know you're you keep growing right 
Yeah, well, you know, one of my favorite sayings is that you never really truly fail until you stop trying. And I don't think you're ever really going to know where you end up until you just start doing it. Like the path really does illuminate itself as you start to walk. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I started off in e-commerce doing crazy ideas for subscription box businesses. And then that path kind of, if you be following your nose and, you know, you make sure that you're honest to yourself and, and take a look for where the opportunity is in the marketplace, then you'll eventually find your way and, and the real opportunities will start to, to, um, to illuminate themselves to you. I think you have to have that kind of balance as well of like knowing when to pivot and knowing when to switch and knowing when to sell and all those kind of things um, so that you can move forward as well so you can create the kind of energetic space to be able to move on to a new opportunity without yeah. kind of silver object syndrome, which I think, um, or shiny object syndrome, which I think I really did have in that first year, which is like there's many different things possible and one of them will pay off. You do need to find that focus, you know, you do need to focus on something, but then just follow the logic, follow the path and like, and see where, where, um, the results and the, and the money and the success, uh, it takes you. Yeah. Cause I, like your story is so fascinating and, and, and to be honest, in my head, I'm just like, oh my gosh, how did he even keep that going? You know, how did you keep, you know, cause you're, it's such a vulnerable feeling to put yourself out there the way you did. Right. And I'm like, praise you for your bravery because I know a lot of people would give up on, you know, if there's a lot of lows um, and there's a lot of highs, right? So just like, you know, that's such a great story to tell people, especially new people that are coming into business and they have those lows. Like you just what you said, focus on that one thing, right? And it's going to be a little bit scattered at first, but, you know, grip is now like soon amazing. Let's speak on that. So what is, tell me in an elevator, elevator pitch, what makes your ad, ad agency a bit different than all the other ones? <laughs> If you allow me, just before I do move on to that, I'd love to just t touch on that last point about how, you know, there will be rough things, like rough times ahead. And like there will be things that don't go right. And, you know, really, I think my take on that is you have to keep your eyes on the horizon. You really have to focus on, okay, cool, what's next? If something's going wrong, it's like, okay, cool, this is going wrong. Like take your time to kind of be stressed about it, whatever it is, like allocate some time, like whether 60 seconds, five minutes to like really just like sit in that stress and then focus back on the horizon. What can we do? What's next? Like, what do we do? Like, yeah. there's, there's no point getting held up in those kind of things. And there is always a way, like things will always figure themselves out. Again, like you never truly fail until you stop trying, Like you will find a way. So long as you start asking, Tony Robbins like has this great saying, which is, uh, you know, the quality of your life is equal to the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. So if you, if you keep asking yourself questions like, why is this going wrong? What's wrong? What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Then you're gonna get answers as to all those different things, right? However, if you start to switch your questions around, so what could I do? What could we do? Like, where's the opportunity? Where is the clouds, the silver line? And where's the opportunity in this adversity? Then you also, you're also going to start getting answers to those questions as well. So really like that is a really important thing. And it's something which people will come up against. I think in any walk of life, but especially in business where you're up against the cold, hard face of the marketplace and really have to know how to adapt and you really have to be willing and ready to, to take on these challenges that come. But but that's the beauty of it really, you know, that's one of my biggest things I always look back on is like, I always look back and, and, um, and try to learn from enjoying the journey and like really yeah. taking it, enjoying the journey. Cause there's so many cool things, right. That, that, that I've done like, um, with my businesses, but there've been times where I've just not enjoyed it that much, you know, cause I've been so in the moment, like looking back now, that's one, one big thing, um, that I really, uh, I really tried to do it, just enjoy the process more. And I love that. That's so nice that you said that too, because you know, it's so, it's so funny when you think about growing up, everyone's like, reach for the stars, look at the horizon. But if you actually do and create a positive energy for yourself, things do end up working out. I, I think so, because you just what you said, you got to look at the horizon. But uh, yeah, I, I love this. That. 
there's a reason that a lot of common wisdom is common, right? Because it's like, <laughs> it's just, it is true. I'm all down for common wisdom. As long as someone gives me the thumbs up, we are good. Because I'm not good. <laughs> so again, like we, I won't, um, you know, just really think that your story is super, you know, fascinating and interesting. And, you know, if you could give, besides, you know, look at the horizon, any tips for anybody starting out that someone told you that at first when you heard them say that you, you probably like, oh, whatever, that's bad advice. But now looking back, you're, you kind of, you're like, okay, that really changed my perspective. Is there any advice that you could give to people starting out? Yeah, well, I've, I think um, one piece of advice that I heard very early on, um, and I've heard in various different guises, something which Jeff Bezos talks about a lot as well, about being just ultimately like extremely customer focused. And that's not to say the customer's always right, because let's face it, they're not always right. Customers aren't always right. Um, but for being so customer focused, basically every time I've tried to grow in a business, every time I come up against a, a point of um, uh, like a plateau in growth, it's always by turning my eyes back in and focusing on the customer experience and what we can do for existing customers that actually creates that growth. So you can go out in your acquisition all the time. But the, the fact of the matter is the better job you do for your existing customers, the better you, you provide your service or you, the better you make your products and the more you listen to your customers, make them feel understood, give them more attention, give them better service, better communication, then that's when things really start to grow. Because I mean, if you look at a service-based business like Grip, like we almost exclusively, all of our clients come from other clients because we focus down on doing such an outstanding job for them that they are absolutely like they have no other choice in their mind than to tell all their friends and then suddenly we start getting more clients in. So that's just one example of creating a, an amazing product, an amazing experience and how it really starts to um to to create uh internal referrals and generate more revenue from existing customers through of so many different types of businesses that as well. So even a product-based business, you provide a great product or a great service, then those customers are gonna come back to you and ask you, okay, like what else do you guys have? Like I, I love this product A, what's your other product range? So so that's a really, a really, um, I think probably one of the things that's quite core now actually to, to what we do at Griff um, is just massively over-delivering for our clients. And not just for namesake, but really over-delivering is on minimum standard now. Yeah. And I think that's something that that's people forget almost now, right? Because there's so much competition. There's almost everything's going down. I think you like have that focus, that client focus, almost remembering that these people are human. Like this is bringing back the human connection. Um, that's a really cool way to stand out. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, you know, I really have enjoyed you on and, you know, I think, you know, everyone has could take away some valuable, you know, recommendations and you've been amazing for my first guest, Dave. I appreciate you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, just so everyone out their gripple details will be in the bio of this, uh, episode. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, everyone. And I'm going to go make myself a grilled cheese now. It's on my mind. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Dave. Cheers, Melissa. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I just want to remind you, this podcast was brought to you by myself, but also sponsored and supported by MB Pension and Benefits Group. If you want to retain one of the best employees for life so your business can thrive, even in the harsh economic times, reach out to Beth at mbgroup.ca for a free consultation. Uh, you will not be disappointed.